Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on the time you are listening to this brilliantly done podcast. I'm your host, Nordic Pride. I'm here with a new and exciting episode of Nordic Episodes. So let's get down to it. This is week four and week five of my 31 Days of Spooktacular Halloween Marathon films. I watched one horror or Halloween themed film for 31 days, except for like the first week I watched 11. I had, there was like four more in there because it was my day off, my days off, and I just watched quite a few. <laughs> um, so it was a fun and wild ride, and I'm sad that it ended, but also kind of relieved. Because it was difficult for me to watch, well, to arrange the watching of films because my work has me going in either at 9 a.m. or 1.30. And I was trying to figure out when would be a good time because after, when I get off work at 9, I usually like to de-stress by playing video games. And I didn't want to watch, you know, something at middle of the night when I would rather play video games. You know what I mean? So, without further ado, the fourth week and fifth week, I started the 22nd on a Sunday with Get Out. Really creepy movie. Really, really good. Not gonna lie, it was really good. But also, like, really creepy. Basically, uh, the guy... <clears throat> the main character, I forget his name, is African-American. He's dating a white lady who uh, tells him that they're going to go meet his, her parents for like some party that they do every year. And without him realizing it, she's spoiler alert for all these films. But I do recommend you guys watching it. But without further ado, let me continue. She tricks him into going, but he doesn't realize that she's tricking him. And when they get there, they are uh, nice people at first. It's when the party starts, they start uh, being really weird. And the mom is like a hypnotist and the dad's like a neurosurgeon or something. And the brother's just a dick. And so they they uh they end up meeting all these other people when he goes for a walk the what ends up happening they like auction him off. At first I was like, what the f are they really doing that? Like you can't auction off people and then I realized why they were doing it because they were gonna like use him as a transfer like they were gonna hypnotize him and then put somebody else's brain into his body basically and it's really crazy and really cool really dope movie i recommend it and i thought it would end differently i thought once he escaped the like the cops would arrest him but i'll leave the ending for you the 23rd film was The Curse of La Llorona, which 
it sets place in the uh, Conjuring universe with Annabelle and stuff like that. And so this, if you haven't heard of La Llorona, then it's watch the movie. It's creepy. It's scary. Uh, I grew up listening to the her legendary iconic story of a woman in white who drowns her kids and regrets it immediately after. Um, and she goes wherever there's running water to look for her kids. And if she catches you, she drowns you and you, you know, obviously die. But uh, this one's basically the same thing. But it's a mom, a single mom and her two kids who have to face off against La Llorona because she's marked her kids. And the mom's trying to figure out how to fight off her and what to do. And she goes to the church and the church sends her to a shaman. And the shaman goes, you should have gone to the church. And then she was like, the church sent me here. I was like, okay. So he helps her and they fight La Llorona. Easy peasy. Uh, The 24th film was the iconic, hilarious Shaun the Dead. One of my personal favorites. Uh, Really funny. It's about a slacker named Shaun who breaks up with his, his girlfriend breaks up with him and his best friend is like trying to comfort him in a way. And so they go to the bar, get drunk and they don't realize that the zombie apocalypse started because behind them, as they're walking back home, there's like a lady eating on a guy, which they think they're uh, making out. And then they get home. The news report just, you know, because there's this really fun bit where they're like changing channel and it's talking about each channel they change. It's talking about like the zombie apocalypse. Like, they're, like there are people running, roaming the streets, and then it'll click and it's like a discovery channel. It's like eating its flesh and then clicks another one. And then it's a different clip and it goes back to the reporter and he's telling them, like, stay at home, blah, 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 blah. So him and his friend go off to try to save his mom, his girlfriend, and get to a bar. And it's really funny how they get from point A to point B. I recommend this one very well. The 25th film, the 26th film, and the 27th film is a trilogy. And I liked watching them all like one after another. So I put them that way. Uh, just like uh, when I did with it, chapter one and chapter two. So the 25th was Fear Street 1994. Now, this movie is good. It's on Netflix and Netflix original based off the R.L. Stein books. And it was awesome. Like I watched it when it came out. And... Uh, it was really well done. Really nostalgic for all the wrong and right reasons. So the main character, I forget her name. I'm really bad at remembering names right now. But she 
also broken up with her girlfriend because they live in two different cities or two different towns. One's called Shadyside and one's called Sunnydale, Sunnyvale. And Shadyside, it's like where all the uh, bad kids, basically, like the worst of the worst, not the worst of the worst, just like bad in general. And compared to the Sunnyvale, which is all the rich and preppy people. But Shadyside has like all the, by bad people, I mean like as a history of serial killers and murderers and stuff like that. And so it turns out that there was another killer in their town and she and her friends have to fight off, fight it off because they're after the, they're after her ex-girlfriend because the witch has put a curse on her. And so they try to survive. They try to fight. Her two friends end up dying. One in the most brutal way I've ever seen. The killer puts her freaking head in a damn bread slicer. And it shows her face get all sliced up. It was really cool, but really gross. And it's probably the most graphic death scene I've ever seen. And so... And the other guy gets, like, an axe to the brain when he sees her. Um, so they fight it off. They think they won. It turns out they didn't. They just postponed it because her girlfriend ends up getting possessed by the thing, the demon, I guess it is. And it, it like, stabs her. And they, they tie her up, her and her brother tie her up, and then go find the last survivor, who or the only survivor of the last attack something like this and then it ends say to be continue and then it goes to the 26 film was fear street part 2 1978 and this one was also really good because it takes place in a camp because they go find the girl who survived she's older now and she tells them like yeah yeah that's that's the time 78 with my sister died and so they go back, do a huge flashback uh, for her. She's telling them what happened. And it takes place on the campus. This is very reminiscent to the Jason movies, the Friday the 13th one. And so they go through her point of view with her and her sister. Going through all this, her sister's boyfriend gets possessed after a lady tries to kill him. Because she like read his name somewhere, <clears throat> and they show a book, a book of damned, and so uh, he dies and comes back as the killer, and sees so killing all these people, all the shady side people, not the Sunnyvale, all the shady side people, and so her and her sister are trying to fight and survive and do all this crazy stuff, and um. Her sister ends up dying because she sacrifices herself for her and the uh, future sheriff of the town is also in the same camp and he's telling her like, hey, it's okay, you're, you're all right, you'll live, you'll survive, blah, 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 blah. And so she ends up surviving and, and then it like 
ends with uh, them going like, oh, where's the tree now? It's like, oh, it's in the mall because her the bones of the witch is underneath a tree wrapped in chain somewhere off the highway. The hand, because her hand gets cut and they find the hand in the, uh, the camp, they buried it under another tree. Uh, that's far from the body, which is now in the mall. There's just this tree in the middle of the mall, and it's like buried under there. So they go over there, and that's where part two ends. Part three is, well, was the <clears throat> 27th film of my marathon, and it was Fear Street Part Three. 1666 and in this time the main character touches the uh hand her nose bleeds on it and she ends up seeing like what happened in 1666 where sarah feel fears is the witch that they referenced throughout the entire series and i forgot to mention that earlier but they mention her like tons of times like the witch will get you blah 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 you're cursed by the witch, possesses people, yada, yada, yada. And so she is living her life as the witch, and she sees, like, all this stuff happening. And the witch is also uh, homosexual. She is blamed for her and the girl she is, you know, fooling around with or blamed for being witches. And they find a book from an actual witch lady and it turns out like they blame it on them but she escapes and she sees that they're like about to torture her girlfriend so she confesses that she was the witch that she laid with the devil blah 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 to set her free and then they like let the girl go and they hang her and she tells the man that she will haunt him forever and all her descendants, which turns out to be a descendant of the sheriff because he turned her in and he was the one who was doing the witchcraft. So the it cuts to the flashback, goes back to 1994, where she tells him, hey, so Sheriff Good, his family is the one who's been doing this. They, to make their town survive and be wealthy, they sacrifice us shady siders and we die so they could get a boost from the witchcraft. So they have to end up fighting him. And the, he unleashes his army of serial killers and they put her blood on them and they fight each other, which is really cool how they did it. And, because if they smell the blood like the bloodhounds, like sharks, they go after it. So she cut her hand, put it in a bucket, they put blood, uh, water, stirred it up, and threw it on them. And they like were fighting each other. They end up killing Sheriff Good, saving her girlfriend, releasing the town from the curse. They all become good guys, yada, yada, yada. At the end, someone grabs the book. But it was it was really good. I do recommend watching all three of them. The third one is quality like slips but the second one is like the best one 
Then it's the third, the first one, and the third one. They're all good, but in that order, it's two, one, three. But you got to watch them in order. And the twenty eighth film of my Halloween spectacular event was the iconic The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weisz, and John Hammond. John Hanna, sorry. And it's a retelling of the classic, iconic mummy from the Universal Studios starring Boris Karloff. As you know, uh, Rick O'Connell, I obviously seen this movie thousands of times, which is why I know all the characters' names. Uh, Rick O'Connell finds himself helping uh, Evie and her brother, Jonathan, find lost treasures in Hamunaptra, where they unwittingly unleash the mummy from his slumber, and he goes off killing people who took his canopic jars and gets stronger, and he tries to find, tries to reunite with his love, Anaksunamun, and he gets the Book of the Dead, and he's trying to you know, have reincarnator as Evie. And it was such a really good movie. I love this movie so much because it's funny. It's action. It has some spooky elements to it, and it's so good. And uh, I watched it, and I, like, could quote it basically word for word. There's some scenes where I think they were iconic just because the delivery of the lines, the way they were acted, and all that good stuff. So that was number 28, and it's so good. I recommend that one, too. If you haven't seen it, go watch it right now. I'll wait. What took you so long? Hmm? I'm just here waiting, and you finally watched it. It's a really good movie, isn't it? Uh, film number 28 was one that I've, was it 28, 29, 29, because 28 was the mummy. 29 was a new film that my brother recommended a while ago called Play Dead. Uh, it's one, it's a good one. It's very interesting. And basically, I thought it was like a hide and seek kind of game or like based on the game but it's not because so a girl has to get her brother out of a jam her brother went with her ex-boyfriend to go rob a dispensary he ends up getting shot the boyfriend ends up getting shot and the brother ends up getting like glass on his back and he's telling her like Hey, we messed up. Uh, we went to go rob this place and all the stuff. Our conversation was on the cell phone that he has. They're going to find me, yada, yada, yada. And she's like, you're an idiot. Go to the morgue. We'll search his belongings, blah, blah, blah. So they go there, sneak their way in. And the coroner, uh, played by Jerry O'Connell, was just chilling, doing what he does, cutting up bodies, stuff like that. So she finds her way in by pretending to be dead. And she's watching him cut people open and taking their parts, putting them in a cooler, and then selling it. Like taking it to a uh, 
how do we, how do they call it? A bagman, a bagman. So he gives it to her, and or gives it to him, and then she's like trying to find the phone, but she finds her boyfriend, ex boyfriend, still alive. So she tries to get him out. So he watches them on the camera, like confused. He's like, "What the?" F-? And he sees that his keys are gone, and then he goes back and knocks them both out with some kind of gas and then he puts ties her up puts her boyfriend on the table and he's like this is your fault you made me do this he would have been alive a little bit longer and he's like cutting them up taking his liver and stuff and he boyfriend dies in front of her she's like oh my god blah 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 blah, blah. so now she's trying to get out <clears throat> and so they do like it's a crazy weird not weird. It was just crazy how it happened. Because she goes out, finds her brother. Her brother gets the cop. The cop is involved. And they have to survive through this place where the uh, coroner has like people, spare parts on the bottom. And then they try to use the other guy, the mill carrier i don't know what to call him the mail carrier guy for his parts but he's still alive so they end up fighting off the cop the sheriff and the coroner and at the end they like escape it's all really cool crazy and awesome it's really good movie i watched it on amazon prime but i do recommend it all the new movies i've seen i recommend it so far really good except for maybe the exorcist if you have seen scary movie 2 a thousand times like i have it really takes the spookiness out of the exorcist um and the uh, 30th film was one of my one of my favorite um vampire movies it's blade 2 i watched this one several times before and i'll watch it several times after but Blade 2, it takes place after like the events of Blade 1 where his partner is killed. Then he turns into a vampire and he goes off trying to look for him. So he does this and he ends up getting uh, a new tech guy who makes his weapons and stuff like that. And they end up getting their uh, base of operations end up getting broken into when he has like his friend or his mentor, Whistler, and the new guy, and the vampires, like, ask his help because there's something out there that's killing them. And he's like, you want me to work with you? And then uh, it's a, how do I say like a mutated vampire. And so Blade has helped these guys fight off these new vampires, and most of them die, all of them die, and... They end up going to uh, the sewers where they try to set off a bomb, a uh, really bright sun bomb kind of thing. And so this is the reason why I bring this up, because he says one of my favorite lines in any film. Uh, So he has a grenade in his hand and he goes, clearly, you do not know who you are fucking with. And he drops it into it and it like erupts and all the uh 
mutated vampires are popping up and he's like cutting them, decapitating them. They're like all dying. It's such a good scene. And so all that happens. Uh, he, they find out that the mutated vampire is the son of the vampire who asked for his help. So they're in the fighting and they all die. All the vampires obviously die. Sorry, I'm trying to wrap this up real fast. Uh, they all die and Blade goes off back to finding the one vampire he let escape because he told him, like, oh, I'll let you go. Tell me where Whistler's at. And he kills him. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff in it. It's directed by Guillermo del Toro, one of my favorite directors. He directed Hellboy, Hellboy 2, and Pan's Labyrinth, and uh, Shape of Water. And also has Ron Perlman, who plays Hellboy in Hellboy 1 and 2. And then... Uh, Clay Morrow in the iconic Sons of Anarchy. But that's for another time. The last film, the 31st, I originally was going to do The Exorcist on this day, on the 31st. But I couldn't find it streaming up until like a weekend. And I was like, all right, I already had my official list. But now this one is called The Raven. It is starring John Cusack, my one of my favorite actors, Luke Evans. And it takes place in, like, what was it, 19th century? Uh, basically, a serial killer is on the loose, and uh, he's killing people in the way of Edgar Allan Poe's work. And so the detective realizes this, and he goes and asks Edgar Allan Poe for help. And while they're doing this, he realizes that the killer is, you know, killing people in the manner of his books. So he ends up trying to help them take down the killer. This movie is pretty good. Uh, I liked it because of the whole aesthetic of the, how should I say it, uh, the feel of it kind of the gothic theme to it. Uh, I would recommend this one if you guys are into the Edgar Allan Poe-esque style as I is. Um, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is my 31 days of spectacular Halloween films of 2023. Now, next week, I will be doing my Predator versus Wolverine Issue 2 and Dracula Issue 1 review. And I was really excited about Dracula. I was so excited. Like, hella excited. And then, again, with Predator vs. Wolverine, did not disappoint. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Nordic Pride, and I would like to say ciao for now.